Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's uh, get cracking then with Sheer Adam, who is alongside us. Good to have your company, Sheer, and uh, beautiful afternoon. Another one, uh, just gradually easing up. For the first time today, the track temperature is slightly above the air temperature. Uh, 72 on the track, which is 22 Celsius, 21 Celsius or 70 in the air. But the teams will be loving this. And it's still a little bit breezy out there. It is gusting, but the winds are changing directions. It's blowing down the front straight is how it was doing earlier this morning. Now it's kind of blowing towards the tower and in a bit of a swirling motion as well. So it is different out there. The conditions will be affecting most of the prototypes, but a lot of the GT drivers complaining about that as well. So clearly an issue for everybody around the track but the good news is we do have most of the cars getting ready for this session still no sign of magnus racing and their aston martin as that car continues to have an engine change back in the garage uh, so let's uh, head down to our intrepid dynamic duo we haven't heard from nick dearman yet let's put that right nick back at your happy place here at michelin raceway road atlanta for matil patilamon ah the sun is shining the skies are blue i'm feeling colorful again after a few years off and uh, looking forward to a fantastic patilamon with the uh, weather forecast ever improving as uh, the uh, rerouting of the unfortunate hurricane and uh, now tropical storm ian is making things better so i'm walking into my position at pit out to talk to as many of the great and good as possible who who the team didn't talk to earlier but at the other end of the pit why it's young andrew marriott except uh, not uh, young enough to be able to get into the pits quite yet but i'm just having a little look at the number 25 uh, bmw because that's still under the awning here in the paddock it doesn't look as though they've got any problems maybe they're just timing of course this session split isn't it john so that's probably the reason yeah and it's only ever sheer adam who can explain this <laughs> adequately because none of the rest of us can really understand it Sheer, explain please first 15 minutes are for the non-pro cars only last 15 minutes are for the pro cars only doesn't matter which drivers you put in them this year which is a lot less confusing than it was yeah, last that's year true. so for this first 15 minutes the only cars on track are lmp2 lmp3 and gtd uh, and next year that'll change again because yes. uh, it'll. Uh, d- uh, let's leave that. Good afternoon, Jeremy Shaw. <laughs> uh, we don't like change. We're of that age. We just like stuff that we can remember easily. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Shaw. How are you? Ready for this session? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a, a, a tremendous first session. It's a, it still remains a beautiful day. I was just uh, having a nice walkabout. And uh, seeing a few people and had a bit of bite to, bite to eat for lunch, which was great. And, yeah, it's certainly a lot windier than it was this morning. It was, well, there was no wind this morning. It was absolutely glorious first thing uh, today. But as, as Shay was saying, uh, watching the flags, it's certainly uh, moving around a bit, the wind. And it, but it certainly isn't as strong as it was, I would suggest, what, a, a, an hour or two ago. Um, so that's, uh, I think, bodes well. And yeah, a good, clean session, pretty much, that first one, apart from the problem for the Magnus Racing Aston Martin. That was most unfortunate mm. uh, to get out there and have an engine problem right away. 
really irritating for them. But uh, other than that, it was nice and clean, and I'm hoping for another one this afternoon. Uh, let's head to Nick Damon, who, with a bit of luck and a fair wind, uh, in the nicest possible sense, uh, <laughs> will have a chat with Mike Conway. And do you know what? I nearly said Mike Conway down at Toyota, of course. But he he hasn't finished his Toyota duties for this year yet, Nick, but uh, not with them here this year. No, he's having a busman's holiday, Mike. He's having a, he's having a week off from the World Championship to just run, uh, to try and help a, a big event at Petit Le Mans. Is it, is it like having a holiday doing this? No, not at all. Um, you know, these cars are really, really fun. And they're obviously very quick around here. So, yeah, the first lap, you kind of got to get your iron again. So, uh, especially this place, it's a really fun track. Um, so, no, I always, always love doing the IMSA races. So, um, yeah, this will be the last one in uh, the format as we know it in the, in this DPI. And then uh, next year, obviously, we're all going to be running in similar cars. So, um, yeah, this will be my last one with uh, the Cadillac for a while. I mean, uniquely, you're, you're at the sharp end of both uh, DPI and, of course, the hybrids with Toyota. I mean, what, what is the difference between the cars? They, they, they make similar lap times in very different ways, don't they? Yeah, I'd say now the, the DPIs are a little bit quicker just because they're, you know, quite a bit lighter. They're running a lot more downforce. And, uh, but the power is a bit less. So, yeah, our cars are more power, but we're obviously uh, the other end. We're, we're heavier and less downforce. So, yeah. They are pretty a, a bit slow around here, I'd say, the hypercar. But, um, yeah, I think all the guys know that now. They've been testing the new car, so they know the, the differences. So, um, But either way, it's still, uh, still sports cars, and it's a lot of fun. Great stuff. Have, a, have fun on your weekend off. <laughs> That's Mike Conway. But down the other pit lane, we have Andrew with Catherine Leg. Yes, I do. Catherine, been coming here quite a while now. <laughs> yeah, you made me feel old, uh... I have. I love the place. Obviously, it's my home race being based in Atlanta. But it's also one of the coolest racetracks that we go to on the EMSA schedule. You know, it's got a bit of everything. It's got fast corners, slow corners, elevation. It evokes emotion. You know, it's one of the old storied tracks. We love the fans. So, uh, yeah, it's one that makes you smile for sure. Rob Ferriol's hard point team still making progress and learning as you go along a little bit. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Yeah, uh, the team, you've had a few ups and downs this season, but you're making progress now. Yeah, we've had a few ups and downs. We've been really unlucky, honestly. We've uh, we've just had a lot of bad things happen, like a trailer fire on the way back from Watkins Glen through no fault of our own. So uh, we're finally gathering up the pieces. We had a great test here a week or so ago. Um, the car was the car was really good, so we're hoping to be able to get back to that and uh, be able to finish the season on a high note, which always helps. Then you know, moving forward, more the same next year. No, um, not really. Got a clue what's going to happen next year. There's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of balls in the air. I know the hard point are expanding. Um, I know we're going to do a lot of customer racing next year. It's really exciting to do uh, different series, different classes. Um, as far as the GT3 program goes, we're actually, this weekend we've got some meetings and we're, we're going to try and figure all that out and, and get, it, uh, get it sorted. But um, we've been so busy that it's actually been really hard to focus on what's going on next year, just trying to focus on this year. And uh, yeah, I'll see where I land. Hopefully I will uh, I'll land somewhere in the Imps paddock again because... You know, it's home for me. It's like a family. It's what I love to do, and I think uh, I think I still got some speed, even though it hasn't hasn't shown that much this year. Do you ever wake up in the night in a cold sweat thinking about driving the Delta Wing? <laughs> I don't, thankfully. 
Um, but you know what? They were some really good years. I look back on them and think what we did with that car was amazing and it was really fun you know we took it from something that wouldn't basically last a session to leading Daytona like legitimately leading Daytona so I had I had a lot of good times I learned a lot and met some really good people and obviously Dr. Panos will stay near and dear to my heart um, he was such a character and he had I don't know he had uh, endurance racing in his blood you know he had sports car racing in his blood and he was just really really special guy very good go and do some racing thank you very much so that was uh, Catherine Legg hard point I hope it isn't the last we see of Cat in this paddock shape she's been so close and yet so far and she still hasn't got to Le Mans looked like she might have got there this year then Hardpoint didn't go and uh, gave away their uh, their entry and that I know is something that she absolutely desperately wants to tick tick off yeah and for Kat I mean she's finished second in this race back in the year when she finished second in the GTD championship still the tightest uh, most tightly contended GTD championship that we've ever had and the highest point scoring GTD championship if you go by old money standards so Kat a very accomplished driver she's got four wins to her name and a lot of starts we really would be poorer in this paddock without Kat yeah agree agree with that so just keeping an eye on what's going on on the track at the moment. We'll let our pit team uh, rattle through and, and get some more uh, chats with the teams and the drivers. If you weren't with us earlier on, number one, why not? Uh, but it's, it, this is a tight championship and nothing yet has been uh, decided. Uh, Whilst everybody's getting up to speed in this early uh, part, let's go down to Andrew Marriott. I'm a gradient here with our Aquarelli Saints and uh, Mario Farmbacker. Mario, thanks. So, I'm going to start this with a funny question. Why are you called Mario? Was your father a great racing fan? No, because I was made in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to serious stuff. Um, how's the Acura around here so far this weekend? Uh, good. We had a we had a test a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that ran very well. Obviously, the tempers are way different now, so we're still trying to find uh, the sweet spot of the car. But um, I think we are we are we're going there, and um, we'll see what the weather does the next couple of days. What's the plan in this session then? That everybody runs some laps and gets a feel for the setup changes. Tills okay? Yeah, I mean. He needs to get some laps in too, so it uh, gets comfortable. I mean, uh, he's not driving the cars often, for example, and uh, he definitely needs some more time and the car will get comfortable. And now this bronze session is perfect for him. There's less traffic out there, so. Excellent. Thanks very much, Mario. So he wasn't named after Mario Andretti after all, which is what I thought. I liked his answer better, Andrew. Thank you. And uh, to Mario, fantastic stuff uh, from him and Super Mario Farmbacker. And uh, if you want to get in touch, if there's any questions you want asking from the Pit Lane team, uh, then at IMSA Radio, please, if you'd like to get in touch. Hello to Jerry Z. Um, I know you can't listen today, but I know he will be catching up. Uh, if you've missed any of the sessions, by the way, at IMSAradio.com. Sorry, 
www.imsaradio.com. The archive is there. Tim Gray is grafting away back in the UK to get the early sessions up. So if you're on a different time zone and can't always listen live, that's where you can go. You can find them at imsaradio.com. Yeah, you can yeah find that's them. what you were going yes, for. Yes, that's, yep. that's what um, I can actually add a little bit on uh, Mario's dad. He is a big racing fan. Horst Farnbacher. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, purveyor of several dealerships back in Germany. They've got three in Ansbach, and his brother Dominic runs one. Mario runs one. And then his dad and his uncle do run the other one. But, yep, the name didn't come from racing. I, I like that. like that <laughs> a lot. Uh, time's starting to come in now. Uh, remember, we've not had everybody out, so this is still the uh, early part. We've got about halfway through the bronze driver session. John Ferrano, quickest for Tower Motorsport in the number eight. And importantly, we haven't had everybody out because the 52, the PR1 Matheson machine, which had a big crash Good in one. that first practice yeah. session, has not yet come out from behind the pit lane. Unlikely to do so, I would think. I'd yeah. d- have you been on there to see what the damage was? No, no. no. Okay. was uh, rear... Right hand side of that well, car. Most of the right hand side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, you're right, Jeremy. Body works one thing, um, but as Joe Bradley always says, and he used to run a British touring car team, um, if the wheels are pointing in the right direction, you can replace or hammer out body work. Um, it's fair to say that number 52 quite the, the same wheels these days. were not pointing in the right direction. And at the back of that, that was quite a hit, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did we work out? That was his outlap, wasn't it? That. Uh, so that was cool tyres. It was pretty chilly this morning. Coming over the top at three, just lost the back end of the car and did the old swap and flicked it off to driver's left. Quite heavy contact with the wall on the right rear. There's no tyres on the concrete there. And then yeah, there were, down the no, there were, well, yeah, that was first kind contact. of a glancing, yeah, though, yeah. yeah. That was fairly glancing, but the next impact was, was a little bit farther around the corner and there it was, uh, it was a pretty stout impact. And it kind of was in the air because it got onto the grass and there's a sort of a effectively a little little bit of a ramp it sort of took took the took some air and then slammed into that tire wall and uh, it certainly absorbed a goodly amount of the impact but uh, not enough unfortunately down with the uh, returnees uh Reese competition and uh Davide Regan uh Davide, it's, uh, it, it must be good fun to be back at Petit Le Mans with Reese. yes Finally back for me it will be the first time here uh, I have a lot of pressure because they they won you've never been here before no, but my first time. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, but the team are very experienced. My teammate uh, James Calado and Daniel Serra are very experienced. So they tried to give me some good information. And uh, it was fun on the first practice. Now I continue to my learning. Uh, we have quite a good balance on the car, but let's see. It looks very tight. So um, you know, I've seen you around the world. I've seen you, you know, I remember many times in Abu Dhabi and also in Le Mans winning the races. And you've never been here. So, um, you know, how did you how did you prepare for a new track? Do you do the, do you do the, you know, you're a more mature driver. Do the old fashioned thing and do many laps in the simulator, or just come here and see what's going on? Yeah, no, actually, I did some simulator, but uh, this is a special track which is uh, up and down. It's a very very difficult actually to learn, especially with the traffic that we have today. A lot of car on track. It's very difficult to find a spot to be free and concentrate just on driving. But, uh, yeah, I have a lot of experience, so I think soon uh, we'll become on the pace, so we'll be fine. So as, you, as, you're, the, as you're the newbie, do you get to do more laps, or are you sharing them out amongst the three of you? <laughs> no, let's see. <laughs> no, maybe they give me the chance to do some more lap, but, uh, yeah, of course we need to work on the car uh, because we need a good balance for the race. We need to focus on that more than me. So, first of all, we need to think about to have a good car on the race. 
Thanks very much indeed. Thanks, David. Well, I talked to David, the 81 Dragon Speed car, a bit instant. Left front damage on turn five. Hedrick Hedman is driving, but uh, more importantly, well, also fix that car. Let's have a word with Andrew at the long other end of the pit lane. Yeah, well, I'm with second generation. Or did we say it was a fourth generation Prio here, Seb Prio? How is it at inception in the McLaren at the moment? Yeah, I mean, this is my first Petina more. Um, really excited to work with these guys. Um, you know, this is always a great race. I, I've loved watching it. I watched my father many years uh, do this race. So, I mean, it's, it's an awesome event to be at. And it's nice to be back over in IMSA, to be honest. You know, I've, I've missed it this year. So, uh, it's nice to be back. What was your first impression to this track? Yeah, I mean, I won my first ever race here with Ford Performance, which is awesome. Um, but my first impressions of it, yeah, I mean, it's an absolutely awesome track. Driver's circuit. Um, I mean, it's got all the undulations and it's basically like a brand's hatch. So, uh, I'm born ready for this track, so I mean, I love it. It's a great place. It's given me a lot of success, so um, no, I've absolutely loved it. So this team's been having a very good season over here, and of course you've joined them as the third driver for this race. That puts a bit of pressure on you. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, yeah, racing's full of pressure, So, um, but, you know, I don't mind that. Um, I've had a really good year this year. We've obviously did Spa 24 with these guys, finished fourth. So, yeah, I've done, I've done three 24-hour races this year. So, um, yeah, no, I've, I feel ready for this one. And a cracking run at uh, Daytona earlier on. Yeah, we finished second here in, uh, with the LMP3 car, so that was that was great. Um, yeah, and of course I've been running in, uh, in a, you know, WEC this year in the Porsche. We've had some wins there as well, so we've had a really good year. But really now you're a Ford man, aren't you? I mean, you know, I love Ford's great. I mean, for sure. Uh, hopefully work with them in the future. I mean, Ford's awesome. So uh, no, I'd, I'd love to do some more stuff with them for sure. Development's coming on. I think Joey Hand is perhaps leading the development of the GT3 car, which is not until season after next, is it? No. So yeah, of course the Ford's coming, um, which I'm really excited about. But uh, you're part of that. I mean, I'm not sure at the moment. We're uh, you know, he is. <laughs> I love. I mean, we'll wait and see. But uh, you know, I'd love to be a part of it for sure. You know, it's something that I've dreamed to be a Ford performance driver. So yeah, we'll keep working, keep winning, and uh, we'll see where it takes me. Dad coached too much. I mean, sure. in, in, in all sorts of being around racing. Yeah, he's coached me a lot. So, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from him. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he can't be here this weekend. It's, you know, my family as well, my mum, you know, she's, she's done a lot for me as well. So all of the guys, and, and including my sister as well. So everyone, you know, all those people at home supporting me. So, uh, yeah, no, it's great to be here. Great stuff, mate. Thanks Thank very you. much. Thank you. Seb Priot with Andrew. And before that, uh, the... Uh, David Ringog, who, see that, I would have lost that bet with not looking it up. You think David Ringog, Ferrari driver, must have been to Road Atlanta before Jeremy, but hasn't raced here. That, that was, that's a shocker when you look those things up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was a bit surprised when I first uh, found that one out, I must admit. But uh, he's got two really good teammates here, both of whom have won this race twice. So uh, lots of experience here. Recently, competition only run this race five times over the years, including, of course, the very first year of uh, Petit Le Mans back in 1998, Doyle, Re Doyle Risi, uh, Giuseppe was involved in that uh, partnership as well, so uh, he's, got, he's used to having success here, and David Regan, of course, he has driven everything else pretty much except for Petit Le Mans, so uh, it won't take him long at all to get himself pro properly up to speed. It's kind of funny, actually. David Regan is the only factory Ferrari driver racing here this weekend who hasn't won Petit Le Mans twice, when you right? count yeah. Tony Villander into that as well. well. <laughs> He's going to be trying to rectify that this weekend and at least catch up with one of them as we have a green flag out now for DPI and GTD Pro Cars. 
Okay, so as they go out, I'll remind you, you're listening to IMSA Radio 98.1, Road Atlanta FM, and around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network of Sound and Visual Channels. You can uh, check out our schedule on the homepage, imsaradio.com. Nick Damon is with uh, Andrew Marriott down in the pit lane. Let's head to uh, Nick now and... uh, find out where he is uh, Richard Westbrook <laughs> is what you said didn't you sorry I, I, I did say Richard Westbrook yes. I, can't, I can't say what he just said on, uh, to me about it but anyway uh, Richard um, uh, uh, had a lively session this morning didn't you a bit of an off at the top of the hill yeah we actually had a bit of a problem with our brakes so we were way too to the front on the bias and uh, fortunately our bri- uh, bias uh, adjuster broke so uh, we, you know we were kind of stuck with it until until the last run so uh, yeah, a little bit tricky, but no, the car feels decent. Um, it's really different, uh, di- different conditions to what we're used to at Petit Le Mans. It's, it's cool, it's breezy, uh, it's normally a bit warmer, and obviously no one knows what's going to happen with the rain, so you have to have a bit of an eye on the setup for if it is going to rain as what some people are saying. Um, but we could get lucky and it could be dry, so... But no, honestly, so far so good. With the braking issue aside, we're, we're okay. So how does it manifest itself in the track being different? Is it just the, you know, the, the winds upsetting the aero? Is it like a grip or is you, you know, have you got more grip? Um, it's definitely difficult turning the tyre on because um, normally it's, it's quite a high energy track combined with high temperatures. You can, you know, getting energy into the tyre, getting tyre t- temperature is never an issue, but definitely struggling with that this morning but it's a little bit more track temp now so we'll see what we've got now but it could be greasier as well which normally happens in lovely atlanta it could be anything I mean, there's seven cars in the uh, dpi class yeah. all seven you realistically can win i mean what yeah. can you do to give yourself the edge um you definitely need luck uh you need pace for sure um but as you saw in road america we nearly we were nearly a full lap ahead but it, it means nothing i mean you've You've got to get the strategy right, and you've got to you've got to be able to execute, particularly those last two, three stops, and um, get yourself into the hot seat, and then um, you know let the pace take you home. Richard, thanks very much, mate. There's a new name down at ERA Motorsport, uh, Christian Rasmussen uh, from Norway or Denmark? Uh, Denmark, Copenhagen. Oh, lots of great Danish racing drivers. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. I'm uh, very happy. It's going to be my first endurance race ever, so everything is very new to me and very exciting. Just remind us what you've been doing. I've been racing in Delights this year with Andretti Autosport. Uh, it's been a good year, a few race wins and stuff, so I'm, I'm glad that now that our season is over that we can get into some endurance racing and, uh, and keep me sharp. Before that, I think you won the Formula 4 2000 uh, series, didn't you? Yeah, I won the USF 2000 Championship in 2020 and backed it up with the Indy Pro 2000 Championship in 2021. It's only one more step, you know, where you're going next. We're trying to come back to lights next year uh, and hopefully win the championship and make the move to IndyCar in 24. That's the plan. What about driving something completely different here and sharing your car with two other guys? I love it. It's such a cool experience for me. I've, again, it's, it's completely new to me, but... I love the era, era motorsport guys, and I love the car, and I just love the atmosphere here at the IMSA Racing Paddock. So, yeah, enjoy being here. Terrific stuff. Christian Rasmussen in his first prototype race, and a great, great guy in Indy Lights.
And you've been keeping an eye on uh, Indy Lights uh, this year, as ever, Jeremy. How's he? How's he done in that? Is he? Is he give a good account of himself? Yeah, he has. He's, he's not not had the consistency he's had the last couple of years, certainly. And but uh, really strong team there for Andretti Autosport. They run four fast cars this season. I think certainly all all four of them are you know, in contention for the wins pretty much every weekend. But uh, the previous two years, uh, he, he, in USF 2000, the first step on the road to Indy. Uh, the first year he won several races came back the second year won the championship won the scholarship to move on to Indy Pro 2000 used that absolutely perfectly to become I think probably the third driver to win successive championships mm. in USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 following most recently in Carl Kirkwood as we see the uh, Inception McLaren off the road there at turn three taking the scenic route <laughs> but uh, no re- really impressive young man just 22 years of age great attitude um I think probably, personally, I think he put a bit too much pressure on himself this year. Maybe trying to wait, trying to sort of emulate Carl Kirkwood and win all three championships on the road to win in successive years. Having said that, of course, Kirkwood, he, 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 because of COVID, he missed out a year completely. But uh, his first year of Indy Lights, he went on, first full year of Indy Lights, he went on to win that championship. So I think maybe Christian put a little bit too much pressure on himself, frankly. There were a few, few too many mistakes this year. Did a fair bit of damage, but one of his sponsors, Bob Stelrecht, uh, stepped up for the last round because he was in danger of not being able to do the final round at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and Bob Stelrecht uh, stepped up there and took guaranteed to try crash damage not sure he paid for it but he see guaranteed if there's going to be any more wow. uh, and uh, so hats off to Bob for making that happen Bob He's, he's owned for many years the cars the cars that uh, Marco Andretti drove for the Andretti Autosport team and he's also owned the uh, w- one of the Andretti Autosport Indy Lights cars as well that's been taken to the championship in the last few years by uh, by Oliver Askew and by Carl Kirkwood so uh, he's, he's a great uh, great guy is Bob and he's done a lot for young drivers over the years new fastest lap a 110.765 by Philippe Albuquerque for the Conning and Minolta Acura number 10. That's the gloss black and blue car. How is How does that... Uh, well, actually, I'll ask that question uh, in a moment because uh, we'll go down to Andrew uh, Marriott in a wee second or two. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, Maxi Goats, Maximilian Goats, is down in the pit lane with Andrew. Uh, here in the uh, Mercedes pit, I had to get the right Maxi. Uh, the two of you, you've raced together so much and, and so successfully in what used to be called the Blancpain series. And so you must be big mates. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really happy to be here. My first time at Petit Le Mans. And uh, Maxi is doing the second race uh, already. Uh, but Mick is doing also first time. So we are kind of rookies here. As you said, we're doing a lot of races in Europe and worldwide. But it's uh, a debut for us here. And we are really looking forward to this. Were you able to do any laps beforehand or did you just walk around? Yeah, we walked around yesterday. It was impressive to see the elevation of the track. It was massive to see. But even in the car, you know, if you're doing the first laps, I mean, it's just impressive. Um, how it goes up and down. And yeah, in the end, you need to get used to it. To be honest, I was shitting in my pants this morning. Uh, but now it's getting better and better lap by lap. So uh, hopefully we get some laps in now to get prepared for tomorrow. Thanks very much, Maxi, and apologies for his language. So, at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we'll, uh, we're going to try and cycle through as many drivers as we can. Is there another change at the top? One ten three two five. 325 uh, Mathieu Jaminet is down at uh, uh, Nick Damon's end of the pit lane. 
Yes, with uh, Matthew, I think you had a couple of laps in the car. How, how does it feel this afternoon? Uh, yeah, I just did. Uh, I just did two laps. Uh, warm everything up uh, before Felipe gets in uh, for his first laps of the day. Uh, but obviously, yeah, everything good so far. I could drive this this morning, and uh, initial feeling is okay. We were testing here a couple of couple of weeks ago, so yeah, we we, we expect it to be okay, and the, the the baseline seems to be good. So okay day so far. It's all about team racing. This team's been brilliant this year, hasn't it? You, 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 I think, am I right? You only have to start to win the championship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so also, we, we, we see we try to have a smooth uh, practice sessions. Uh, no mistakes would be nice. Would be nice to just arrive with the car in perfect shape for for the race. Uh, and yeah, we need to we need to, to make sure the car starts. Uh, have a good formation lap, and then yeah, we can clinch the championship. And, and from there, we will just look at uh, having a good race and try to, to grab a six win for the for the for the season. Talking about teamwork, I hear you made your teammate wait at the airport for several hours. Is that right? Sorry, I hear, uh, the rumor is you made your, your teammate wait at the wait at the airport. Oh, I can see you got the right information. Uh, yeah, I had to wait in VIR. Uh, I had to wait a, a full night, and uh, and the next day that he arrived. So uh, this time it was the opposite. I arrived one day late, and he had to wait for me. But uh, yeah, that that's how is it, and uh, this is how teamwork uh, should be. So. Uh, Next year, um, huge opportunities in Porsche. You know, you've got uh, WEC and you've got uh, IMSA. You've also got a prototype. Will we see you in the prototype? Yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a big, big step uh, for myself uh, to be jumping in with Porsche Penske Motorsport, uh, racing next year the Porsche 963. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big step, uh, racing prototypes. Um, I don't know yet in which in which series, but uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's going to be a great challenge uh, with these two big uh, two big names, and uh, yeah, which I just hope that uh, it's going to work and we're going to be successful together. So you say together? Does, it, does that mean that you and you and Matt will be teammates again in whichever championship it is? Uh, no, uh, we don't have this information yet. We, we we really would like to continue together as a pairing. Uh, I mean, like, like this we showed, it seemed. It seems to work quite well, uh, but yeah, it's not up to us to take the decision, and and so far we, we just don't have any information on the series or, or pairing. So uh, if you find out, just uh, just let me know. Well, I assume it'll be the Porsche Motorsports night back in November. But on a serious point, I mean, what is the assessment and the, and the practice you're doing with the new car for the for the teams to decide where you're going to go? I mean, you obviously have, have experienced the American tracks, you've experienced some of the European tracks. Is it down to that? Do you think it is, or is it just how they're going to fit the various jigsaw puzzles together to get the best combination? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, from my side, I definitely have a, a bit more experience in uh, in IMSA over WEC uh, from tracks and championship. So uh, this is also why my preference goes to goes to IMSA because it's something I know. Uh, but in the end, when you look at the drivers that they've got, everybody is able, I think, to jump from one series to the other and be and be ready and, and perform and do a good job. So. Um, in the end, it's an open discussion between uh, between us drivers and, and the team, and uh, yeah, in the end, they will they will have uh, the final call, um, and yeah, hopefully they 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 gonna they gonna tell everyone what's the what's the situation there. Another Danish racing driver here, Anders Forgrat is with me. Anders, you're a high class racing with this LMP2 car, and you're going to be pretty competitive, I think. Yeah. We have been pretty competitive all the uh, season, so uh, we hope to be... We have never been here before, but we are uh, pretty optimistic. Yeah, well, you've got a race engineer who's been here before, but it was about 35 years ago. Yeah, I think last time he raced here, none of the drivers were born. 
So what I keep wondering, what is it about Denmark that produces so many great racing drivers? Yeah, good question. I think we have been so lucky to have so big talents and uh, like, uh, yeah, he's almost American now, Jan Magnussen. So we have already ha- always have someone to look up to. Anders, what's uh, the future for you for next season? I really hope to be back here in IMSA. This is... Uh, the best racing that we ever experienced and we sure hope to be back. Excellent, thank you, Danke. Stay down in the pits for just one more report from Nick Damon, who is watching something play out in front of him. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's great talking to people. What we're really here to do is stare at engines and if you're Joe Bradley to lick some fluids. But um, uh, the number 10... The, uh, the Acura car of Ricky Taylor, Felipe Albuquerque and Brendan Hartley. That's been on the, on the, uh, the lane for a while. Uh, Tailpiece off, engine cover off, uh, small uh, mirror on a stick going round. It does appear to be that the main issue is that they're actually looking at doing some suspension changes. But they sat there and had a long think about them. So what probably happened is they took in, did a couple of laps, had a good old look at the telemetry and now they're making a few adjustments. Looks to me like it's a ride height adjustment on the rear. Not sure about the front. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so, but on the lane, of course, as it's done in, for our European listeners and the Americans, you, know, you can do the work on the lane and, it's, uh, and that's what they're doing. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven over the wall. I'm not sure what the rules of that are, but I'm sure Shay will know exactly how many they're allowed to have. In- in practice, there's no limit to how many people can come over the wall, but when you're talking about working on a pit stop, uh, you're talking about five if you include the fire bottle. But what they would be doing with that mirror on a stick, as Nick described, is seeing where under the car the bottom is hitting, where the floor is actually grounding out to try and make a ride height adjustment. So very good call there, Nick. It's, it's crazy close at the front of the times here, by the way. Top four cars are covered now by less than half of one-tenth of a second. What? Wow. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hunter Ray has actually set the best time so far in the number 02 Cadillac. That was the uh, the car that was fastest this morning in the hands of Earl Bamba. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray's time this afternoon at 110.325. Remember the final digits here. Uh, second fastest, Lloyd Duval has ju- just jumped up into second place in the number five Mustang sampling JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac at 110.352. Third fastest is Elio Castro-Nevers in the number 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura, 110.359. And then uh, Mike Conway uh, is fourth fastest in the number 31 Wheel and Engineering Cadillac at a 130, oh, excuse me, 110.374. Somebody, what's happening what, there? Somebody, yeah, Renger van der Zander now goes uh, to, the, to the very top. So we've now got five cars covered by 0. 0.11 <laughs> of a second. Uh, as the number one, oh, zero one car goes to the top of the charts, there Ranga van der Zander. This is, this is fabulously close at the moment. No, and not, not still yet within three quarters of a second. We're right about three, second, three quarters of a second away from the fastest time this morning. Uh, but it is a good bit warmer, of course, this afternoon as well. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson just had a brief spin at 10, but no harm, no foul. Manages to get pointed in the right direction and going again. Still in front of a gaggle of cars, two LMP3s behind him, and then a GTD. But... We now have six cars just, I mean, a, a fraction of a second within being in half a second of one another. Uh, Jeremy, that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that's uh, certainly pretty tight there at the, uh, at the moment. And uh, Jimmy Johnson is, uh, is uh, he's a couple of seconds off, but, um, you know, he, he got away with that, with that spin. Just probably got, got on the a little bit too much, trying to get a bit too much speed into 10A there, the second part of that uh, left-right combination. 
loops the car around a bit. No harm, no foul. Doesn't hit anything. Doesn't really get in the way of anybody either. Uh, able to keep it on the black stuff as he rejoins the racetrack as well. So uh, he's back underway again. Um, just ahead of him on the timing charts is Ryan DL in the fastest of the LMP2 cars. Uh, again, another former winner here. Car number 18, the Era Motorsport uh, Orica. He's turned a 111.6. Uh, and that is only three tenths away, three tenths of a second away from the fastest lap this morning, LMP2, that was set by Louis Delatraz in the Tower Motorsport number eight. And uh, as we talk about this morning, it's very, very close in the LMP2 championship. The number eight driver, or one of the drivers, John Ferrano, leads the points overall, but uh, by only 33 over Dwight Merriman and, and Ryan DeYell. Uh, Stephen Thomas is uh, just about in, in with a shout in the third position but he's going to need a wing and a prayer and various other things to go his way as well but in the team's championship the number 52 car actually leads the way they've had different drivers at the wheel number 52 car during the season but they lead by uh, 19 points over the number eight in the lmp2 teams championship well i'm with another guy that jeremy must know nolan siegel here in junior three racing and you're a bit of a junior how old are you i'm 17 Ah, and here you are racing at Road Atlanta. Now you've been racing in the uh, Indy Lights series, I think, most recently. Yes, yes. I actually I did my first race in Indy Lights at Laguna Seca um, a couple weeks ago. So hoping to do a full season in that next year. Now that's your plan. But so why have you come sports car racing this weekend? Um, I've, I've been loving doing the IMSA races. I've done um, so far Daytona, Watkins Glen, and now Petit Le Mans this year. Um, and it's been great working with the Junior 3 guys. So I'm glad they've had me back and looking forward to the race. And you've got Garrett Grist, who's very experienced in these cars, of course. Sorry? You've got, you got a teammate in Garrett Grist, who's very experienced in these cars. Yes. Is he teaching you what? Yeah, yeah. Garrett has done many, many years in LMP3, and he's one of the best in these cars. So I've been learning a lot from him. And... Um, yeah, it's been great working with him. Excellent. Uh, have a good race and enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, fine young man uh, is, is Nolan. He started off racing in USF 2000 when he was 14, and he was <laughs> tiny. I mean, you, 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 you looked, he looked for 12. Put him in your hand luggage. Yeah, absolutely uh -huh. right. But, but a yeah, fine young man, and he's really, you know, he's really grown up now, literally and figuratively. A little bit taller, still on the small side, but he's racing driver size, isn't he? Uh, but, uh, yeah, good young man. He's, you know, he's shown well. He's won races at the junior levels. Uh, and as he said, they made his debut in Indy Lights at the final race of the season. And he was right up towards the top of the charts in one of the sessions. Huh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, had, had a, there were two races in that f uh, series finale. And, you know, he was running around about, yeah, he was running competitive lap times. So let's put yeah. it that way. For his first uh, run at that level, he, he won a couple of uh, Indy Pro 2000 championship races earlier in the season. So a young man to watch. And great that he's out here to broaden his horizons. You know, his father, Mark, has been driving in the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge Series in some of the races this year. He's one of the team principals at Carbon with Peregrine Racing. Uh, and uh, Nolan's had the opportunity to drive that car as well on a couple of occasions. It's always good for youngsters if they have these opportunities to drive these different cars. Yeah. It just broadens their horizons and um, just helps that learning curve in for whatever they D want to drive in the future. Different experiences, Absolutely. you know, and different yeah. paddocks, different yeah. regulations. You don't get stuck in a rut, yeah. sharing your toys, yeah. you know. Yeah. And traffic. And, and traffic, yeah. the amount of passing and being passed that you get in these races, in the mixed category races, I think that stands everybody in good stead and if yeah. he does want to go into mixed category racing later on and again people have heard me say this before 
Um, there's only one way to learn mixed category racing, and that is to do mixed category uh, racing. We're going to try and uh, get down as many of the teams as we can. We've got nighttime uh, practice to come this evening. We're in practice two with still over an hour remaining, almost an hour and uh, ten minutes remaining. Let's go down to Andrew, who has João Barbosa yeah, in the pit lane. Yes, I have, John. I'm down at uh, Sean Creek's uh, motorsport. Yeah, well, you know all about this racetrack. You know about winning this race, too. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. There's a lot of cars out there. It's going to be a big challenge for everybody. So I do enjoy this. I mean, obviously, you've been right at the front uh, for many years. and You step back a little bit, but uh, I think you're still enjoying it. No, it's a lot of fun. These P3 cars are a blast to drive. Uh, traffic is going to feel a little bit different for sure. Going to have to look a lot more in my rearview mirror, but uh, it's going to be a good race. And you got a great lineup in this car. Unbelievable, yeah. Like uh, two really fast and young kids, uh, but with a lot of experience with these P3 cars. So I'm uh, really looking forward to be sharing the car with them for 10 hours. Yeah, let's just talk to Malta, Johansson Malta. So. Yeah, I keep interviewing Danes today. I've done for about three of the last 20 minutes. Must be nice, uh, Malta, to uh, be driving here with uh, the great talent is Jarl uh, Barbosa. Yeah, it's a very nice opportunity, obviously, to share the car with him all of this season and, yes, also for this last race in Petit Le Mans. You enjoying racing in America? Yes, a lot. It's, of course, always really, really nice to be in the IMSA paddock and I really enjoy the racing with the hard traffic, with both the DCPI cars and the LMP2 cars, but also, you know, on the American racetracks, which are very consequential with the runoff areas and stuff. So it's hardcore racing. I love it. Yeah, well, I've been to Ross Ring for a long time. Do you know about Ross Ring? Yes, I remember. It was, uh, it was very tight, uh, and it was sort of parked on the side of a hill, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time ago now, so that was... Really old school racing, but I guess the closest you get on that is here in America. Exactly. Well, have a great race, and uh, I think you're, you're definitely one of the main contenders for this uh, LMP3 category, aren't you? I mean, it's always difficult to tell because you have to stay humble and focus on your own stuff before the race starts. But I mean, we hope so, and we are trying to do our best to be as good prepared as we can. So thanks very much. He's staying humble, no. guy. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Sure. Uh, I was just going to say, it's nice to hear from all these youngsters, and also Nico Pino joining in with that driving lineup as well. He drove with Performance Tech at Daytona, new to this lineup, new to this team, but he's fitting in very well. So it's it's a nice grouping that they've really put together for the Sean Creech Motorsport, an organization very interested, Jeremy, in helping youngsters come up and get their chance in the spotlight. They've done it this year with Malta, and now they're trying to do it with Nico as well for this race. Some changes in the times, Jeremy, in GTD. Yeah, the uh, the fastest time in G- of, of all of the GTD cars in the early part of the session uh, was the uh, no, the number twelve Vassar Sullivan uh, Lexus, which was uh, uh, I think it was Richard Hyacinth actually who set that time uh, a little while ago, but uh, that has been eclipsed now by the GTD Pro entry, the car number twenty five Jesse Krohn in the uh, BMW M Team RLL. BMW M4 GT4, that's in the GTD Pro category. A 1 minute uh, 19.669 for the uh, for the Finn. And uh, that uh, gets the fastest time this morning was a 19.3 by uh, Jack Hawksworth 
in the Lexus. So uh, not too far off those times set this morning, and it's a good lap for Jesse Crone. And uh, that, Colin D. Felipe, I believe, doesn't actually get here till this evening. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, hurricane delay, would you imagine? He was testing at Sebring. So that okay. would uh, slow down your travel. Huge, huge amount of flights from uh, Fort Lauderdale, from Miami, uh, Orlando as well. well getting uh, getting cancelled over the last couple of days. Tampa as well, of course. Pippa Durrani calls Miami home now, and he had to drive up because his flight was cancelled last minute and they weren't able to rebook him. So he got in his own personal Cadillac and drove all the way up here to Route Atlanta. And just before we move off of Jesse Crone and giving him praise for setting the fastest lap in GTD Pro, let's not forget, he was the last ever pole sitter in GTLM here a year ago. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, it's, this has actually got a bit feisty this session from earlier on we had side by side with GTD cars he's joking to Jeremy whilst we were listening to an interview didn't realise him sort of brought the race forward for the weekend because it looked like the last corner of the last lap for the championship uh, season uh, IMSA already looking forward to next year the calendar's been out for a while we've got GTPs coming the GTP test starts on uh, Monday here everybody but Porsche will be here and it's been a good season for the IMSA inaugural diversity driver, Jaden Conright. Let's catch up with him now, with Andrew Marriott. Yeah, are we, Jaden? Well, Lamborghini, pretty quick round here, isn't it? Yeah, so far it's been pretty good. We went into practice one, and uh, we're just kind of getting a feel for it, trying not to stress too much. And, uh, yeah, just kind of go forward. It's uh, the only track other than Watkins that I had already been to on the calendar before this year. So, yeah, I think just kind of... We're just approaching it, I'm not trying to stress too much and just go forward because, I mean, it's a long race in the end. Pace is good, but it's going to be more than just being fast for the race. What's this uh, diversity scholarship been doing for you, Jaden? I mean, so far it's been able to – the big thing is it helped us a lot with the entry fees and just kind of with the connections as a team as a whole because it helped me personally, but also – the team that I drive for with NTE, I mean, up until this year, they hadn't attempted to do a full season. So, I mean, it was kind of like a, the team is still in its infancy. And there's obviously growing pains, but the nice thing has been able to kind of have more of an insight in with IMSA and kind of talk directly to people. And then it kind of made the process of trying to enter in and hopefully have a, an actual full-time season next year with the team kind of eased a bit of the growing pain. Yeah, because you've been racing in Italy in a Porsche, haven't you? Yeah, I raced there a lot before, and then you speak I, Italian. No, I only say I, I only know some Italian that I shouldn't say on the air. <laughs> and then uh, you also raced uh, Formula Three, I think. Yeah, I did uh, in Asia. Yeah, I did F three in Asia that year, and that was a that was a good year. And then I switched to uh, Porsches after that. But um, yeah, no, it's been good so far. It's been really good this year working with Lamborghini, and the car's been really quick. I uh, just need a bit of hopefully luck on our side, like. Like this weekend, our pace has been good in practice, so I think the best way is to just not stress and then focus on making sure that we can get through the race cleanly and that we can maximize what we have. No stress then, uh, Jaden. Nice to talk to you. Further down on the pit lane, the 0-2 Cadillac is, uh, well, it's been sitting here for a while. They've actually done a, a complete change of the front shocks uh, as complete units. And it's normally, that's not a normal thing to do. Uh, unless the, tra the track conditions have changed dramatically. They're just going to the end of it now. In fact, as I speak, they're screwing on the nose, which is uh, pristine and clean. So they are, um, they're the they'll be going out there. But that's been sitting here for about uh, 10 minutes. I mean, yeah, that's what practice, practice is all about. But uh, surprising change at this Nick. point. Uh, Nick, whilst uh, you are watching people working, I'm not sure 
whether it's you or Andrew, uh, but you might want to nip back behind the wall and see what's happening uh, to the car that had the incident uh, this morning in the, the S's. Uh, that was the uh, Ben Keating PR1 Matheson Motorsport Oreca, the number 52 car. That's, uh, I, I, uh, I think Andrew's going to go and do that, actually. As that 0-2 car, Nick reports on it, and it's dropped down and let go. That is the power of of the Damon. Uh, as, oh, he's also managed to wrangle Ben Keating as well, who's walking towards him. Andrew's going to go and have a look at the car. Let's speak to the driver who wasn't in it uh, when it had its shunt this morning. Ben, last time my colleagues spoke to you, were kind of uh, concerned about the damage to the car and the problems you'd had. So, we've had a few hours. What's the answer? Uh, we hope to make it out before the end of the session. They're still in there working on it. Uh, we think we'll get out, but I don't know. It's not my department. I'm trying to stay in my lane and, uh, and make sure I do my job. So, I don't know. Are you one of those drivers who does stay completely divorced from the, the technical, the repairs, or do you start fretting when it takes a bit too long? Uh, I am an engineering by, uh, uh, by education, uh, and so I really enjoy that side of things. Uh, but when it comes to repairing a wrecked race car, uh, I have nothing to add. Uh, so uh, it's better for me to just stay out of the way. Thanks, Ben. Oh, he's on form this weekend, isn't he? He's he's already winning. He's already two interviews, two classic sound bites. I tell my wife, it's not another dealership. (laughs) It's a part of my race programme. And uh, when it comes to repairing a race car, I have nothing to add. Ben Keating, I give you Ben Keating, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And uh, we'll hear a little bit more about that. The other car that was uh, having problems... Uh, this morning, Shea? 44, Magnus Racing, uh, Aston Martin. Still no signs of that coming out of its tent as I can actually see the back of the Aston Martin from where we sit in our booth. And, uh, yeah, that's still in pieces. Uh, Hello to Liam Harrow, who's listening to us while he's touring from Summit Point, or to Summit Point, rather, from Boston, Massachusetts. I'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, We're at IMSA Radio. It almost feels like uh, an IMSA sports car race in the last few years. Uh, hasn't been complete without uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. Uh, we have not one Montoya here, but two this weekend, and Andrew Marriott was with them both. Uh, well, this is not good, Juan Pablo. What's going on? Oh, we had a little off. Um, we had a little issue with the car, and we're, you know, we're fixing it. Hopefully, we can make it out of before the end of the session, you know, make sure the car is running well and everything. But, you know, we had a pretty good first practice. You know, we didn't do any testing or anything, so... Uh, Henrik and Sebastian both are learning the track, so um, it's pretty good. You know, we had a, a decent baseline and, you know, just working on it. It must be wonderful racing with your son, too. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun. Does he listen? Yeah, yeah he always <laughs> listens. It's, it's always a little more pressure when he's here because you want to make sure you perform well and you want to make sure the car is well and that everything goes well. Uh, but it's been fun. Uh, should I, is this your father here? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Juan Pablo's here with his father. He was a racer too? Uh, go-karts, yeah. Go-karts, yeah, yeah. Nice team. Well, I'm going to try and go. It's great to see you here, Juan Pablo. Let's see if I can get Seb out of the truck. 
Has he disappeared into the truck? No, man, he's not in the truck. Oh, where's he gone now? Oh, he's disappeared completely. Best not to ask, I think. Never mind. Uh, We'll go back to you, John, and we'll we'll get the younger Montoya a bit later, I think. Three generations of Montoya there in the uh, the back of the paddock. Andre Marriott and uh, Nick Damon. So Magnus Racing with the engine change. Ben Keating's PR1 Matheson Motorsport uh, with the right-hand side uh, repair going on. Uh, One Montoya... Uh, and Seb, along with Henrik Edman, in the that'll be the number uh, 81 car. That was the Dragon Speed car that had the issue at turn five and um, put a bit of a hole in the front bodywork on the left-hand side. I was just rewinding uh, back to that. Uh, the other car that hasn't done a huge amount of laps uh, is the number. Well, I was about to say the number. It's the nine. Nine they're, car. They're now sixth Fab. in class, John. Yeah, so they are. So they have gone out. It just seemed to be. Well, no, they've done fifteen laps. All right, they, yeah. were, they were just back, uh, as if they hadn't got the setup or something there. Well, but it's Felipe Nazar behind the wheel of the car, two times an overall pole sitter in this race, winner back in two thousand nineteen. Faf tested here a couple of weeks ago. They got a lot of laps then, and they're still they're sixth in class. But how far down on the GT field are they? Fifteenth, sixteenth? Yeah, I think that was probably their first sort of representative lap, uh, perhaps now. They, you know, yeah. they, were, they were languishing at the bottom of the charts uh, for a while there. They hadn't done a huge amount of laps, but, uh, <laughs> but of course, you know, the, all, all of the pro cars, you know, they went out later than everybody else. And you know, the most of any of the pro cars done, I think, is, well, 21 there for the Corvette. Mm. So, you know, they're, they're on uh, 16 now, so, you know, not far okay. behind. Two got some, some quick times, particularly though in LMP3, uh, the number 74 uh, Riley Motorsports entry is fastest in uh, LMP3. This morning, the fastest car was a court order sport championship leading car number 54. Turned a 115.6. Uh, did um, uh, Colin Brown. Uh, the, the lap record, the qualifying lap record is also a 15.6. Hmm. That was set by Nick, Nicholas Cruton last year. In this session, however, uh, the uh, 15.5 for uh, it was Kai van Berlo who set that time. Really? So yeah, the young Dutchman there who's going to be vying for the Porsche Carrera Cup North America Championship uh, in the race that comes up well just a few minutes basically, or shortly after the end of this session, which is oh, we've still got fifty five minutes to go. Um, but then uh, the, the first of two races, the final races of the weekend of the season for that championship, he leads it. He's going to be starting from fifth place hmm. in uh, this afternoon's race. So uh, it's. It's getting a bit tight. How close is that championship battle? The 11 points only. Oh, he goodness. Leads, he leads over Parker Thompson. So that will be his main focus until we get to Friday night, uh, you would imagine. Yeah, and here's another scrape there for number 25 BMW. That's, it had a... Oh, no. Who was it dicing with? Uh, which uh, was Reese. Dicing? It was Reese, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, they, were, they were squeezing each other going down to turn 10. Oh, my. Uh, this time, uh, the BMW down the inside of a uh, of three car. Uh, and lets, uh, lets it go this time. So discretion, the better part of valour there. I think smart move there from Jesse Krohn. Uh, what is the answer to every one of Tim's questions when 42. we're talking about uh, American open wheel racing? Oh, I thought you were going with what is the answer to everything, 42. Nick Derman, the answer is? Uh, the answer is Scott Dixon. Who is in the, in fact, he's just pitted in the Cadillac 01. Uh, it is Cadillac's first and second at the moment. Uh Ryan Hunter-Ray out in the 0-2, the two Cadillac racing yeah. machines. And uh, three of the top four who are in the cars at the moment 
our former Indy 500 champions. Uh, Ryan hunter Ray is still driving the number 02 car. He's uh, has done for, I think, probably all of this session so far, actually. Uh, and the, the other one, by the way, is, is uh, Loic Duval, who's been pretty successful in his yeah, own field. He's not done too badly, has he? <laughs> uh, let's nip back to uh, Nick Dearman. We've still got just under 54 minutes to go. Nick uh, and Andrew are in the pit lane. Nick, where have you wandered up to now? Hello, Nick. I haven't really wandered. I'm in the middle, really, actually. Almost exactly the middle of my middle as such, with uh, Axel Beres out of the, the harder racing uh, Aston Martin in the GTE Pro category. Um, very, very competitive part of the, the grid, is it, the pro side? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, definitely a privilege to be in this paddock. I mean, so many good racers out there on, on every single category. I mean, DPI is full of uh, some of the quickest drivers in the world. Um, and, and so is the case here in GTD Pro. Now, obviously, the, the car in, in, in Justin GTD, the other, the other hard racing car, is leading the championship. The other you're running in fifth. I mean, is it just indic- indicative of how tough, much more tough the pro side is? Well, it's, it's just a different mentality. You know, one is pro, prime driving and the other, the other one is uh, more like a factory-supported type of racing and uh, a bit more professional uh, with, uh, with professional drivers only. And, yeah, for, it's, a, it's a very competitive sport. I mean... At the end of the day, we we are racing uh, in IMSA, and there's not many other boys around here. You know, you need to deliver day in, day out, and uh, as soon as you make a mistake, you pay for it. Now, as you know, the horses, of course, all these cars are better at different circuits. There's some, some tracks are Corvette tracks, some tracks are Porsche tracks. Is this track an Aston track? Uh, I mean, last race, they last year they won this race, uh, so I would say so. I would say that... Um, we, we definitely have a chance to, to fight for the top uh, on Saturday. And uh, as we know, everything can happen around here. It's a, it's a very hectic race, uh, which makes it also one of my favorite races around the world. And I, would, I assume you would prefer it to stay dry, because once it gets wet, that tends to fall the Porsche territory, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I like the, I like the wet as well. We had a, a pretty fun race here a, a few years ago, uh, where, where Tendi actually won the overall. And, and that's probably one of the best memories, memories I have from racing, just watching that happen and being able to witness that. So who knows? Uh, I think the rain makes everything a bit more unpredictable, which is fun. But on our side, uh, we have one of the cars obviously fighting for the championship with a very good chance of, of winning it. So uh, even though unpredictable is fun, predictable is probably nicer right now. Alex, thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, smash it, lad. Really is. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Always has time for you. Just coming into the pit lane, Tristan Nunes for PR1 Matheson Motorsport in the silver and blue, white and blue, at number 11, Orica. That is uh, fourth in LMP2. LMP2 stays on the IMSA Championship roster next year with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Bit of a question mark over the future of what we are now looking at with LMP2. I'm hearing from a number of different sources that the new GTP cars are significantly quicker in real life than what we expected on the uh, on the simulations. So the good news is it would appear that the P2s won't have to be slowed down any further as they had to be in the WEC for the hypercars because they were uh, a little bit too close to the hypercar performance but we still don't know what's going to happen in the future there is still no new formula for LMP2 that's being put on hold for the moment 
can we bring the new GTP cars to Lime Rock and watch lap times that are about 35 seconds, please? That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I think it would be. Uh, oh, into the barriers is Andretti. That's the Andretti yeah. 36 car. Who's behind the wheel of that at the moment? That's Jarrett. Right, okay. Second in LMP3. Now, you seldom have an incident at turn five that involves contact that you can drive away from, but he has. That's your shit. Thank you. He has uh, wiped the right-hand side of that car, but it's moving. I suspect he'll call. He will... Uh, I suspect he'll come into the pit lane at the end of this lap shift. The headlight was flapping around a little bit, but it is still attached and it is still functioning. So that's good news for the team if they should have an incident. Oh, oh, oh he got some serious air. bigger incident than I realised. Came up over the kerb and, what, two or three feet off the ground Bicycle, there. didn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, that is going to have to have a, a proper look at. Whilst that is in the pit lane, let's head to EF Corsa and Andrew Marriott. Yeah, John, I don't know if you know, it's a last-minute change in the 47 car with Ulysses de Paul from Belgium. The 21-year-old is, is driving, coming off a great season in the GT uh, World Challenge Europe. Driving for after you've had a great season in the GT World Challenge. You've had a great, terrific season in, uh, in the World Challenge. Yeah, we had a great European season. Uh, first season with uh, Ferrari and of course, and uh, now here I am for my first uh, IMSA experience, uh, first time here. So I'm really happy to join uh, Cetilla Racing, uh, Roberto and, uh, and Giorgio, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, the, to a new experience. Yeah, it was a bit of a last-minute call, wasn't it, to come here? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it, it, they called me uh, a week ago. So it's uh, last minute, but here I am, and uh, I'm fully ready. Were you able to go on a sim to learn the track a bit? Yeah, but uh, I, I knew this track uh, since a long time on the simulator. Never been here, but I always loved driving on the sim around this track. So uh, to drive here now for real, is, uh, it feels even better. It's a, it's a terrific opportunity for you, and I hope you have a great race. So a last-minute entry, and here he is from Belgium. Is it Ulysses? Ulysses, you say your name? Yeah, that's right. Ulysses, there he is. Last minute entry. That's the 47 Chetelar racing uh, Ferrari, run by AF Corsa, as Andrew rightly said. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the regular uh, other driver, Antonio Fuoco, he's uh, committed to uh, Barcelona, I think, isn't he, for another yes. uh, World ch we'll Challenge race there. Another late change to the entry list, by the way, was in LMP3, uh, the AWA kind of a 76. Wayne Boyd unable to make the trip here this weekend. Oh. Some. Uh, He'd had to stay back in Northern Ireland, so very best wishes uh, to Wayne and his family. And Carl Marcelli stepping aboard uh, that car to drive alongside Anthony Mantella and Josh Sarchet. And Ian Willis is the uh, chief engineer on, on that car. His brother Jeff is on the other car that's run by AWA. And it's number 76. They're very much treating this race as a, as a uh, as practice for the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Ah, really? Uh, uh, Anthony Mantel has already committed to running a full season in WeatherTech next year. Ian Excellent. was telling me this morning. Hope not out of school. Uh, and um, and so you know, they're getting ready for that. So they've got, they're, they're running two cars here at AWA. They've had a, a kind of a, a, a cooperation with the 47 Motorsports during this season. But now AWA has taken over that second entry completely. There is that number 76 car, the green and black car. 
on track and uh, going through the S's. Um, and he... Um, so they're running the second car for the first time this weekend fully with the team. So some new crew members here and just getting everybody in tune to, to be fully prepared or better prepared for the Rolex 24 at Daytona. So that's really their focus this weekend. Just you know, get all everything running smoothly so they really do know what they're doing when they get to Daytona. Big thanks to all of our camera operators uh, here from NASCAR Productions and NBC Sports up and running for us so we can see all around the circuit at the moment first opportunity for you to watch the weather tech cars this weekend it's all free uh, it will be for the qualifying session whether you're here in the states or further afield imsaradio.com and hit uh, live video or the uh, imsa.tv uh, and of course we've got a variety of other races as well including the uh, two Porsche races the two Mazda races and the uh, Mission of Pilot Challenge as well, of course. So keep an eye. Uh, Imsaradio.com will tell you when we're on and when we're on the TV as well. Thanks, as ever, to Roger Vincent up in Charlotte for the pictures. And Charlotte battering down the hatches as it appears that Tropical Storm, as it is now, Ian is heading that way, although if it goes back out over the ocean it might pick up a little bit more intensity before it swings back up the east coast as these things generally do at the moment we're looking at blue skies and temperatures of 22 degrees both on the track and in the air at 72 Fahrenheit so an absolutely perfect afternoon here for motor racing coming up to 10 o'clock in Europe 9 o'clock in the uh, UK, Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and John Hindorf in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Nick Damon and Andrew Marriott down in the pit lane who's with Corey Lewis. I was, but he's just... You frightened him off? It's nice. The uh, multi-Lamborghini Super Trophio champion. And uh, let's see if I can catch his eye. Corey! He's going to come down. What, gentlemen? Well, he knows the legend that you are, Andrew, in fairness. Uh, whilst we wait for that, remind you to get in touch with us here at, uh, at IMSA Radio on Twitter. Let's go back to Andrew and Corey. Corey, this team with the Lamborghini is still in with a bit of a chance of the title, I think. It's a, it's a bit of a long shot. Uh, it's, with a 10-hour race, anything goes. So, you know, it's, uh, you're never out of the game. We're working real hard here to try to dial it in. I think the biggest thing now we're trying to decide whether what the weather, what Mother Nature is going to do to us. So, uh, you know, if it stays dry, we got to switch our setup just a little bit. But if it comes uh, and we get some rain, I think we'll be right where we need to be in terms of the balance of the car right now. Um, I think um, we'll make a few changes here if it stays dry. But these guys have been working extremely hard all year long, and there's always a shot. Uh, we got 10 hours of racing ahead of us and uh, a few more hours to dial in our, our fast Lamborghini here at Carbon. So uh, we'll, we'll see. When you started racing, did you ever think you'd be a, a Lamborghini champion? No, honestly. Uh, from Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and on, on an alpaca farm. Really? An alpaca farm. That's uh, no joke. Um, I hope you got some nice jumpers with alpaca wool. Extremely warm. Uh, Soft as cashmere, warm as wool, and it doesn't itch. Uh, alpaca fiber is uh, a great source of warmth if everyone ever needs it. Well, I've eaten alpaca, by the way. 
I, in Peru. I, I have. I have. Um, it's actually, um, they're good. So. Let's go back to the racing. Um, this is a silly question. Have you ever driven a Lamborghini with a Lamborghini engine? You know what I mean? With a proper yeah, V12? No. no, I have not. That would be a, a check off the bucket list if we could do something like that. So... You never say never again. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're dialing in our Lamborghini here, uh, and uh, these boys are still in the fight, so I'll do my best to, to do the uh, third driver role, get my drive time done, and hand it off to, to Rob and, and Jeff. But a uh, long way to go, but we'll see what the weather does. Strong team, Carbon. Thank you very much. Yeah, very strong team. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, the yeah. next edition of Alpaca Matters with uh, Andrew <laughs> and Corey <laughs> later on over the week. Uh, we, we need we need our uh, we need our uh, llama farmer as well. Then don't we? If yeah. we have to Hernan Palermo, we got to get him yeah, back. Get him back. Got to get him back. Drama for the llama farmer. It's <laughs> one of my better pieces of commentary. Well, <laughs> now we have to figure out how to work in alpacas for Corey. Clearly. Yes, absolutely. He can quote every single movie line that you've ever thought about. Corey Lewis can spout it out at random. Oh, really? Yep. Full of weird talents is Corey. <laughs> so, coming into the last 40 minutes now, no change at the top, still the two Cadillacs from uh, Chip Ganassi, Scott Dixon, Back in the pits, Alex Lynn behind the wheel of the zero two. Richard Westbrook in third at the moment after the brake dramas this morning for JDC Miller uh, and the number five car. 60 Ollie Jarvis uh, and then the 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac of Ollie Pla. Ricky Taylor in the Conic Minolta Acura in sixth. Mike and Mike Rockenfeller, the man who's been doing all the testing of the Camaro Garage 56 Le Mans car uh, and he is in uh, seventh position in the 48 Ally Cadillac yeah talking about number n- number 10 car Ricky Taylor just uh, getting aboard that car uh, Brendan uh, Brendan Hartley's been driving it uh, for a while bef- before that and I- I'm pretty sure I saw about 10 minutes ago he turned a woman at 10.768 uh, which is three thousandths away from the fastest time in that car in this se- for that car in this session, which was Philip Albuquerque way early on in the session. So uh, it was the first time that Brendan has driven this Acura, uh, and, and was yeah, I think first time he's driven the car. Actually, I don't think he's done any testing, has he, since being invited to drive uh, with Wayne Taylor Racing? Big responsibility there, of course, coming in to a championship challenging organisation, having not driven the car before uh, on. Uh, on the final weekend of the season but of course massively experienced is Brendan these days and yep. uh, you know a, a very very accomplished as well and uh, clearly I'm, I'm pretty sure that I saw that time correctly and uh, up to speed as well uh, wasting no time just a quick thought about Lamborghinis by the way that uh, flicked into my mind with uh, with Corey there and Andrew we'll go back to Andrew in just a wee minute he's wandered down into the GTDs and get uh, some interviews from down there as we're trying to check, check off uh, every team in this session. Um, Lamborghini due in to the LMDH category, GTP category, uh, in 2024. And they've released a little more information. They will be building a bespoke engine uh, for that car. And they didn't give any more about that, but talking to a few people in the know, the, uh, the strong money 
is that is going to be a V8. They did say, I think they did say did it was going to be a V8. Did they say it yeah. was a V8? Yeah. Right, okay. I believe so. Um, I didn't. It was in my notes anyhow, right. so okay. I must have seen that, it somewhere. That's fine. Um, we think as Whoopsie. well that it will form the basis of a new road car uh, V8 uh, for the, the replacement for the, uh, the V12s and the V10s, which are uh, gradually being faded out. The whoopsie you heard from Jeremy share was uh, for a little off at the top of turn three. It was Dwight Merriman behind the wheel of the Era Motorsport LMP2 now, and I've just noticed that the wind has changed because we can see the flags now. It's a headwind going into turn one. Uh, yeah, at uh, that turnaround, uh, around about lunchtime. Off. Tower. Ooh. Tower Motorsport off into the tyre wall at turn one. Championship leader. Now, this could have implications uh, the dust settles. It's hard to get out of there, John, as the red flag is out almost immediately because you Has are be. downward sloping yeah. into the tires. He's going to need some help to get out of there. Just missed the gravel. Tra- oh, no, has gone through the gravel trap, I think, there, but hasn't been able to to straighten it up. Mm. And, and he, he had set the best time in that car, Rui Pinto Andrade, uh, a little while ago, maybe... I don't know, 15 minutes or so ago. Let's see if we can see. He was following what traffic happened. and just yeah. got offline onto the way in. Mm. And it is such a. I mean, it's not a hard hit. It isn't a hard hit. But it is such a committed corner that, that you're barely breathing on the brakes and you're back on the throttle. And the front end just didn't want to turn in of that Tower Motorsport car. Now, I'd be wondering if there was some problem with the left front tyre on that car that uh, meant that he couldn't turn in. Uh, there's certainly some problem with the left front bodywork now, but th- again, going back to what we were saying earlier, um, if it's bodywork, it can be replaced. It's more about what's going on underneath there. A very odd one. Just did not want to turn at all. He had maybe a tad late turning in, but it wasn't as if he came at ridiculous speed. It looked like he was arriving at roughly the right speed. Maybe lost a brake. Not sure, but that's a very odd one there, Jeremy, for Rui. He knows how to pedal a car around here, no doubt about that. Yeah, that was certainly unfortunate there, and um, you know, it kind of bounced uh, across and through that through the corner of the gravel trap, but that really didn't slow him down much. And then it's pretty bumpy on the grass down there as well, so the car was off the road for a goodly portion. Yeah. The brakes were locked up as well. That's fairly relevant now if, you're off, if the car wheels aren't touching the ground. <laughs> But the um, lower the that, flaps. Yeah, just look at the, yeah exactly. Uh, the left front on that car. Certainly, the, the, the left rear is no problem there. But what about that left front? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Let's uh, have a word with his teammate. Nick Dearman uh, has uh, got to the Tower Motorsport pit uh, and can have a chat with them now. Their orange car being recovered at Turn One. Nick, what do you know? Uh, with John Ferrano. John, uh, have you the team managed to chat to Rear Tool? Do we know what the problem may have been? Sorry, no, we, uh, I, I haven't heard anything just yet. Yeah. Maybe from your expert opinion of looking at the replays and the shots, can you assess at all? And unfortunately, I wasn't even here. <laughs> I, I had a bathroom break <laughs> while it all happened. Yeah. Well, probably best not to do that sort of thing. But I mean, it, it, oh, the car's going under its own steam. That's, that's yeah. positive, isn't it? It's very positive, yes. That's good to see for sure. Thanks yeah. a lot. Cheers, John. Thanks, Nick. We have a chat about his championship aspirations here. Yeah. I don't think he had wants success to here in the past as John so yeah he has twice 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. A repeat winner uh, last year on the year yeah. before. I think yeah. he's managed to nip away and uh, escape. Does he? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go down to mm-hmm. Andrew, who is with Paul Miller Racing. Well, actually, Madison Snow put his crash helmet on, so that rarely put the kibosh on that interview. But what I can tell you is, you know, I was speaking to uh, the Montoyas early on, and uh, that car has just uh, come back on the pit lane. So the number eight car will do the last few laps of this session after its earlier problems. I understand that... um what happened with it? Sorry, Andrew. Going to have to take you out there. Getting a lot of interference uh, from that part uh, of the yeah. pit lane. We'll give it another go. Yeah. Go, go again, Andrew. Yeah. So the Montoya car, which obviously uh, Hedlund was driving, Hendrik Hedlund. The Dragon Speed car. Yeah, the Dragon Speed car run by Elton Julian, of course. Um, we saw Hedlund go off, but apparently there was a water leak sprung from the radiator, and that got on the back tyre and that's what threw him off the road that's what the story they're telling us anyway okay. anyway the car is about to go out so hopefully the great Juan Pablo Montoya we might see him rushing around road Atlanta in just a few minutes and so that means the only car that we are still uh, missing or the cars we are, the, we are missing uh, from this session is Magnus who were doing an engine change in the Vantage GT3 44 uh, and Ben Keating they were hoping to get that car out uh, as well, that's the number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsport Machine. We're under red flag with just on half an hour, a little over, uh, to go as Rui Pinto and Drad is bringing that car back, Jeremy. At a very respectful speed. Very sensibly, yeah, yes. Ex- absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing, really. You could have an accident there at turn one and drive it back to the pits, but uh, he's certainly going to be uh, pretty circumspect with that and not, not to do any more damage to to that car so uh, yeah uh, uh, with a couple of drivers uh, interested observers of the tower tower motorsports accident it's uh, tristan nunes and steve thomas tristan uh, obviously uh, how tricky are these cars going up and over the uh, the hill well it's uh, tricky conditions right now the wind shear is horrible and it's you know gusting 25 miles an hour so uh, these cars are really rely on aero um, you take a quick gust to the back and the back of the car to tell the car and it's really going to change the balance of the car really quickly so uh, that's what I, we both felt out there it's uh, really unpredictable uh, where the balance is going to go lap to lap so it's obviously caught them out Nelson Tristan's approach Stephen how are you finding out there it feels like the car is moving all over the place I didn't understand when I was first out I wouldn't understand it was the wind I couldn't tell what was happening exactly I just knew that every little bit the car just sort of wanted to go in its own way not the way I was steering it and how does that, how does that feel? Are you sitting there questioning yourself or saying, no, it's definitely the car, I'm going to tell you. Well, it went pretty well this morning, so I wasn't really questioning myself. I was questioning more the car, but it turns out it's the wind. I mean, is, it, yeah, is there anything you can do about wind, or is it just with a downforce car, that's it, you've got to deal with it? Yeah, that's, that's when it just comes to feel you know you, you go lap to lap trying to feel you know on the straightaway going into one okay is the what w- what is the wind direction doing because you can definitely feel it on the straights um and then try to hope and pray that, that you're right when you go into turn one or any of the high speed corners so it's it's tricky it's just uh you know risk versus reward Tristan Stephen, thank you very much cheers down here with uh, giuseppe Risi. you keep coming back Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine, yeah. You won the first race here. Yes, indeed we did. Uh, in uh, 1998 with the 333. Um, that was a great car. It was a 
a good team, and it. Uh, and I'm glad to be back on our after 25 years. You know, you're still enjoying it. Still selling lots of Ferraris, I hope. Yes, very much so. But you know, this is love number one. Selling, selling the, selling the cars is uh, is another is is a secondary part of life, you know. But uh, but the racing, especially in my case, historically, to race a Ferrari is what gives me tremendous pleasure, you know. Now, we're going to have a Ferrari prototype. You've won here a Ferrari prototype. That must whet your appetite. Any chance of you running one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are, we're looking, we're, we're examining everything we can do. I mean, I'd like to go back to prototype, having raced the 333. So, um, but we will probably, what I'd like to think, we'll probably do another season of GT and let things settle down, and then and then go from there, maybe towards the end of the next season. That'd be fantastic. Uh, great news from Risi Copsizioni, and very successful here, of course, with the uh, GT cars in this race also. Three or four wins. Thank you very much. It's always nice to see you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Giuseppe, what a gentleman he is. Oh. I doesn't often talk, Andrew, so well done for getting that, and uh, thank you, uh, Giuseppe Risi. Um, doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's worth listening to. And I've got goosebumps to know about you there, Shay. Um, he wants to go back into prototype racing with the Ferrari. And I love what he said. Selling Ferraris, all right, but racing a Ferrari, that's what to do. Yeah. Okay, start the countdown clock now <laughs> and watch Twitter explode for that one, Shay. Oh, I can't. You know, we were talking at Le Mans this year, John, about the fact that Riley was picking up the torch. They were becoming the new Risi in their attempt to fight off the experts in the pro class. They were the only privateers running in GTE Pro this year. Well, there is no replacing Giuseppe Risi and Risi Competizioni, especially when they make a declaration like that. Unbelievable. A huge name in the sport. And from one to another, Corvette Racing with the GT Le Mans car, the BLP back to GT3 spec uh, for this race again this year. And Nick Damon is down there with Nick Katzberg. Uh, Nick, I mean, give us an idea. How, how, is, how is the Corvette going at the moment compared to the other GTD Pro cars? Um, we're kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, it's been a while for me. It's been since Sebring. So I must say I'm a little bit disappointed in how the tyre feels right now. It's, uh, it seems like quite a big drop-off and general grip is low. So we're still trying to find a way, trying to kind of improve the setup a bit. Uh, I think we're like in the top five, top six right now, so it's not not that bad, but it doesn't feel good. Give me a driver's eye view. You know, this car was a GT. You've driven it as a GT this season. Now it's a GT3. I mean, how much of a, as a racing driver, how much less do you get from this car or do you get more from it? No, I mean, there's the main difference is the tyre. I mean, the tyre is... is so much worse it's it sounds very bad but it's just a lot less grip so you really have to adjust to that i'm not a fan of abs at all i feel like it takes away a lot of skill and and also as a driver like outlaps they used to be so difficult and a place where you can make a difference and now i feel like it kind of levels out the playing field so if it's up to me we go back to the good the good days but uh no it's still very enjoyable to drive but i must say the gte spec was gtlm spec was nicer 
There's so many things going on in the, in the world of sports car racing. Obviously, next year is, is the start of two big years of growth in the prototypes. Obviously, also GT3 is, is going to come into them on in a couple of years' time. I mean, where do you see your, your career over the next few years going, Nicky? Well, I hope I can keep doing what I do. I hope I can stay with these guys and obviously driving for some other manufacturers as well. So I need to see where that leads. I would love to, to, to be more in the States. So let's see, but um, I have high hopes. And, and would you, would you, ideal, in an ideal world, would you want to be driving a prototype? Or are, you, are you happy with a, a tin top? I think my hat would fall off at high speed. No, no, I, I would love to try it once, but I don't. It's not like I'm really jumping and that I have to be in Adam the Eight. In the end, what I'm looking for is like what's best for my career, you know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's Adam the Eight. So I need, I need to see and figure out what's going to be best for my career and career longevity, and that's where I'll be. Great, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. I'm still reeling from Giuseppe Risi in uh, in a Ferrari, and then we get that cheer from Nick Katzberg. That was really impressive. I mean, Nick Katzberg is a guy that we know has a very good head on his shoulders, but to be looking at the possibility of racing in LMDH or GTP, whichever variety of the formula that you choose to go down, and say, no, you know what? I think my career is going to last longer if I don't. How many drivers in this paddock would turn down one of those drives to be able to say, I want to be in this long term? Well, Nick Katzberg is now in a league of his own. And to be honest, I respect that. I think that is a wise decision. Yeah. Um, is that what he said? Yeah. 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 He said long term. I don't think driving GTP is the answer. I think that I'm better off in GT cars. Good for him. Very interesting. Hey, we're getting, we're getting some good okay. stuff. I mean, you know, we've we've already this week, uh, we've had the exclusive that uh, Jared Thomas Racing is coming to Mission and Pilot Challenge whilst expanding their Edom 2 Master MX-5. Giuseppe Ricci talking about, yes, exploring is what he said, exploring the opportunity to come back into prototype racing. And they yeah. won here, of course, as Andrew rightly said, back in 98. There's going to be a new GTD team next year as well, uh, AO Racing, which is uh, PJ Hyatt, who made his debut in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America just a couple of events ago. He's stepping up, he says, to uh, GTD for next season, uh, along with Gunnar Jeanette. The team will be known as AO Racing, and uh, that's a big step for somebody relatively, you know, very, very early in his racing career. He's certainly been fast, and he was fast this morning in, in qualifying. Unfortunately, he ended up on his roof in qualifying oh, and no. uh, will not be starting the races this weekend. And he is far from the only bronze driver coming into GTD next year. Yeah. There are a line of them. Yeah, Shay, yeah, you Come. talked to uh, John Bennett earlier on, but i got uh, Colin with me now. And uh, Colin Brown, how's this car going, the Core Auto Sport Machine? Because you're obviously you're in the battle for this title. Yeah, for sure. It's going good so far. You know, we had a good first practice, worked through some changes, and then, uh, you know, kind of did some housekeeping in this session. Got some tires scrubbed and, uh, you know, checked off a few things on the to-do list for the race. Um, you know, feeling good about it. Um, you know, these guys have been preparing, and I think it uh, looks like the weather's going to be decent, so uh, we're excited. It's the end of the season. We always ask the question, what have you got coming for 2023? That's a good question. You know, I think uh, I think at this stage we're looking at what we're going to be doing. I know, um, you know, this whole group has really hit their stride and executing super well. So, um, you know, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But it's about that time of year we're going to have to get serious and figure it out, I think. Yeah, let's hope it's something good. Thank Thanks. You, Appreciate it. Go. He's got his helmet packed away already. And uh, I think they're off for 
A late lunch, maybe. A late lunch, maybe. Uh, early dinner before night practice. That's very good. There was a moment out on the track a couple of minutes ago between Earl Bamber and the Zero Two, who actually just set his best lap time on that lap and the previous lap. Sorry about that, Jeremy. And side-to-side contact with the Chetelar Ferrari. I don't know how that happened. Earl actually turning left, coming into the final turn and sideswiped the Ferrari. The damage was severe enough that it knocked the door mirror off the Ferrari on the right side. And there's quite a bit of scuffage, as Nick Damon would like to say, on the left-hand rear of the Cadillac as well. Looked as if the car got unsettled, Jeremy, and Earl went to catch it and just didn't know the Ferrari was there. Um, yeah, let's have a look again. He, he dives down, down the inside. Down the inside and he, oh, yeah, or I, not. Or he tried to use up a bit of track that the Ferrari yeah. was already occupying. I think both of them there were, were, could have given each other a little bit more room. And uh, I tell you what, Bam did a heck of a job not to not to have that car turn Straight left on across him. across yeah. the front of yeah. the Chetelot, 47, the blue. Yeah, Ferrari with the Tricolore. Roberto Lacorda behind the wheel, by the way. They're yeah. bronze driver. Yeah. yeah. Bronze so drivers is going to be big news next year. Yep. Let's have another look at this. So um, it, because of the announcement that uh, John Doonan made about the possibility of having a separate podium for, separate podium for them and also... Also, yeah, I think the didn't know he was there, no. to be honest. I think Roberto Lacourt didn't realise the prototype there because as he came out of turn, 10 a, turn A and B, there was another car in between him, which was the hard point Porsche, uh, driven at the moment by, uh, by Catherine Legg. And she clearly got out of the throttle going up the hill just to let the uh, prototype go past. And I, th- I would surmise there that Roberto didn't see it and he kind of was beginning his turn into turn 12 without realising that the prototype was coming past him at a, that, at that particular I- instant. So uh, just sort of uh, one of those sort of instances going to happen around here and you've got to be really on your toes. And Earl Bamba certainly was. That was a brilliant save. Uh, and a couple of laps ago, he just said his, his best time, well, that car's best time, didn't improve the position. And considering how close those four cars are at the front, of top five covered by just over one-tenth of a second. Uh, he remains second uh, on the charts in the 0-2 car, fractionally behind the 0-1. It was Ringo van der Zender that, that set that time, but a 110.307 just, uh, was the time that uh, Obama turned a, co- a, few just, uh, a few laps ago. Just to uh, remind you that uh, Jeremy was watching pictures that we've got in the booth there. Uh, that's what he's describing. Yeah. Obviously not uh, getting out of the track at the moment that will be uh, for qualifying for WeatherTech and then of course for the whole race live on Saturday but we do have some video for you today some live international TV uh, that comes up after this session with the uh, the Porsche the Carrera Cup North America presented by Visit Cayman Islands and we've already had live video where were you in the Mitsumas MX5 Cup race if you weren't watching it it, it happened and nobody told me what? No, I mean, not you. I mean, everybody else. If you happened to not be paying attention, then you can go to racer.com and find the replay. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. you should. News. Oh. The number 52 car. Oh. It's out. Oh. It's not only is out on track, he's, uh, he's already got ahead of all the LMP3s. He's only completed three laps. Mikkel Jensen at the wheel of the number 52 huh. car. Uh, he's uh, you know he's still, still catching up to the other LMP2s, but right out of the box... Uh, on the case and uh, turned a 14-8 last time around his second flying lap so hats off to that PR1 Matheson Motorsports team for repairing what was uh, quite a lot of damage to that wins liveried car after the morning session and as Ben Keating 
uh, rightly suggested. They were able to get that car out for the final but around about 20 minutes of this session. Hats off to that team. They squeaked it, and it's 20 minutes yeah. for everybody else, well, but it's only three and a half minutes oh. for them. So yeah. it's good point. Very good point. Very good effort by that number, team. Uh, the number 99 is going to get a drive through for the... Catherine. Was that Catherine, was it? Yes, late, late pit, pit entry. entry. Okay, was that after that incident on, yes. the, on the track? Uh, Nick Damon first before we go to Andrew with uh, uh, the Nürburgring specialist Lars Kern. Nick, what can you tell us uh, uh, about the Chip Ganassi cars? Well, the O2 uh, has just, uh, I'm not saying given up, it's obviously completed its programme. Uh, I was watching it on the pit lane and they just put, stuck a set of wets on it and, and rolled it into the go. Can I just have a quick word with Alex Lynn? I know that, that um, uh, we've got um, Andrew Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, quickly. Alex? Uh, was that a problem or have you just finished your programme? Uh, I think we need to just go back to the, uh, the the garage and take a look at the car. Because? I, I just had a little bit of contact with a Ferrari and we just want to make sure the car's A1 before we go back out. Prior to that contact, were you happy with how it's going? Yeah, honestly, I think the car's in a really good window. Uh, I think both uh, Chip Ganassi cars are, are running really well and... Yeah, I think we're going through our programme nicely, so hopefully, uh, I mean, we'll all come down to Saturday, so we'll see how we go. Alex, hope the car's okay, thank you. Thanks. Well, Lars Kern has just put his crash helmet on and has hopped over the wall. I'm seeing that Matt Bell's helmet is here, but I can't see any sign of Matt Bell at all. So that's one that's got away from me, I'm afraid, John. But Lars is, is poised to get into the car, which is just about to come in. So, uh, as you said, he's done some fantastic things. I think he's recently set a new record, hasn't he? Yes, in he an has. SUV Porsche for the ring. He is the man. He's the, thank you, Andrew. He's the go-to man uh, for Porsche uh, and their road car uh, exploits around the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Uh, he tends to be the one that the Porsche fire out. Uh, it's unfair to call him a test driver, but uh, he's a very good racing driver as well uh, in terms of uh, what we've seen both in Europe and uh, further afield. Jeremy just had a very astute observation. Uh, he said the tower car just passed by us underneath. That's not very long in the pits for that number eight machine that Roy Andrade de Pinto was the one who had the off. So, uh, so we were right. It wasn't that big a yeah. knock. Uh, what would worry me is what caused it in the first place. Presumably <laughs> they found that out. Top four are in the pits now uh, because we're coming to the end. There's a 15-minute window at the end of uh, this session. Uh, and who gets that shit? That's all the pro cars, isn't it? Just the pros. So and that tends to be a mark quality. Yeah, I was going to say. So they've gone in. So why are the four in the pits now? They're waiting for the track to clear off and then they will go out and do a mock qualifying session. Qualifying tomorrow. Evening. Is tomorrow evening. After the pilot race. Oh, right. Okay. I think it starts at 3.30 in the afternoon, if I'm correct. It's, it's fairly late on in the day. So it's... Bit earlier than it is now. It's just after four now. Four, yep. four well, it, it depends what class you're in. Well, yes, fair point. GTD uh-huh. is 340 to 355. Those are both of the GT classes. P3 is on their own, 405 to 420. And then the pro cars in DPI form and then LMP2 for the bronze drivers, that's 430 to 445. So roundabout now. Roundabout now. Yeah, wow. Seven Perfect. Minutes. Seven Minutes. Couldn't get much more representative if the weather stays the same. Ricky Taylor, P1. Yes. Okay. 
That just happened. Yep, straight up there. Well done. Uh, the new uh, Cayenne Turbo Coupe is what Lars Kern did the most recent, I think, of his uh, laps on. Now, that's a big old bus, but uh, it goes pretty well. How about a 7 minutes 38.9 in a Cayenne Turbo Coupe? I know someone who wants to buy one. I can hook him up. <laughs> her. All right. Yeah. I can hook, well, I can yeah. definitely hook her up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speak to me. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll get that sorted. I will get that sorted. We're under 15 minutes to go in this session, so all of the non-pro cars should be coming into the pit lane now. And still no sign of the 44 Magnus Aston Martin having that engine change that we reported uh, earlier on. Uh, let's take a couple more interviews before this gets interesting at the front of the field. Ryan Hardwick is with Andrew Marriott. Yeah, I sneaked up on Ryan. He didn't see me coming here. Didn't get Ryan. a chance to run away. No, he didn't get a chance to run up the stairs. Seemed to be going pretty good. Uh, yeah, all, overall, so far, so good. Um, enjoying this beautiful weather. A bit windy, though. Yeah, I don't, does that unnerve the car much? Other places, do you know where the gusts are? Yeah, uh, you can really feel it. I feel it up at the top around turn three. You really feel it moving the car around and a little bit in the back stretch as well. But, uh, you know, it's just an added challenge. And uh, I think we're all fortunate to just be racing under sunshine considering what the forecast was earlier in the week. Now, this, uh, this team has been doing an outstanding job this season. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had some ups and downs, you know, obviously with the high of Daytona and also a win at Laguna Seca, but uh, struggled a bit in the middle of the year, but uh, we think we found the issue, and uh, we've got a really strong car around this racetrack. I think that uh, all the drivers are happy, and uh, we had a really good test here a few weeks ago, and so uh, um, need to fine-tune a little bit for current temperatures and conditions, but I think we're going to be in the mix here. Thanks very much for that. Just found... Uh Another record that Lars Kearns broken recently, the electric record on a Taycan. And that was 7 minutes 20-something. Uh, goodness me. He must know his way around there pretty much. Uh, 7 minutes 42, sorry. 7 minutes 42 sec seconds for the full 20.6 kilometre uh, of that. So that is almost 100 mile an hour average. That was earlier this month for Lars Kern in a electric Taycan. Taker. Uh, so still waiting to see if the 0-2 comes back out. That was the car that had a wee bit of damage. Ricky Taylor, that was the Cadillac. The Ricky Taylor in the Cunningham Minolta number 10 uh, is uh, out now in the number 10. Just set that car pushing on and it's not Ricky Taylor, it's Felipe Albuquerque. And here is Nick Damon uh, with the answer to every one of Tim's IndyCar questions. Scott Dixon, um, how much are these uh, sports car outings, the things you look forward to in the year? Yeah, I love it. You know, with uh, the IndyCar season finishing pretty early, uh, you know, it's always nice to kind of have something to, to dive into. And, you know, Petit's always one of my favorite races, um, one that, uh, you know, we haven't won with Chip Ganassi. I was lucky, to, lucky enough to win here with Wayne Taylor a few years back. But um, it's a very demanding, very difficult race, and you really know don't know in, if you're in the race until with about 30 minutes or an hour to go of, of how it's going to play out but uh, excited to be here and then a full off season of actually testing the LMDH car too which is going to be a lot of fun oh so they've given you a, they give you a bit of a run the, the new caddy as well have they I hope so yeah we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes but you know 
Uh, it'd be nice to get a few laps on that because I don't think IndyCar, I don't think we do a test until February. So, yeah, there's a little bit of ways to go. Talk about IndyCar. I mean, it, it was a, uh, to me, it seemed like you had, you had a pretty good season, but, but I suppose as a racing driver, you're never happy if you're not going to win. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, third was where we ended up in the championship. Um, you know, I think Will Power did a tremendous job this year, and, and obviously, um, you know, all their cars were very fast with a lot of wins. We were lacking in some areas. I think our street course and, you know, super speedway stuff was really good. The short oval qualifying was rough and road course qualifying, um, you know, for us as a group was a bit rough and, and it's hard to rebound from those situations. But, you know, the big loss for me was obviously Indy this year and, and uh, you know, lost a, a ton of points there, which makes the rest of the season pretty difficult. But good regroup and everybody on the PNC Bank number nine and, and Honda and everybody did a hell of a job, but uh, just came up short. We've been talking a lot about the huge changes coming to sports car racing, but obviously with IndyCar it's not the same. So what do you actually do in between seasons? What are you doing to get the edge? Uh, I think everybody's a little bit different, right? You know, some guys are, you know, big into sim. Um, you know, some guys are racing Porsche Cup this weekend. You know, I get to do this, which is fantastic and love being, you know, able to do it with the same team with Chip. Have done for a long time. Uh, you know, then you've got guys that are doing go-karts and, you know, there's a big mix, but uh, I think... Especially with how the last seasons are and the lack of, you know, off-season testing. I think we get one off day or one day for off-season this year. Um, you know, it's really a, a lot of people trying to figure out what they do for those three or four months for sure. And will you get to go back to New Zealand this year? Yeah, first time in three years. Uh, the country is finally out of lockdown. I think they finally just got rid of their mask rules. So, you know, we have a, a three-year-old that will be turning three just after Christmas and none of my family's met him. So, uh, looking forward to getting home. Fantastic. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, mate. Always good to hear from Scott Dixon. Uh, meantime, a couple of changes at the top, Shane. Well, Tom Blockfist is about to come through and reset the timing sheets. And as he does go to the top, 109, 459, purple sector 1, 2, and 3. Philippe Albuquerque is a mere, well, just on four-tenths of a second off that. So it's Acura 1-2. Then Tristan Vautier has jumped up uh, significantly in the number five JDC Mustang sampling car. Yeah, running not far ahead of uh, Blunkus on the road. So yeah. really good lap there for Tristan Vautier. Fastest of the Cadillacs as a, a feather in his cap for right now. Particularly, it's been a difficult second half of the season, really, for that Mustang sampling number five team. But uh, as we said earlier on, still very much in contention for the Michelin Endurance Cup. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they'll be buoyed by this uh, performance here. Still a half a second behind that Cadillac, as you say, Shay. But he's going quicker on this next lap as well, is Tristan Vautier in that car number five. Coming across the line now. 110.01 it was. Now down to a 109.602. So it's, that's within a tenth and a half of Tom Blomquist. Sebastian Bourdais up into third position at 109.702. It is Blomqvist again. Quicker, 109.342 now for car number 60. Wow, we're throwing overhand now, aren't we? We're really getting these times down again. It wasn't uh, just five minutes or so ago. We saw the top four or five cars covered by about a tenth of a second. Not the case anymore. And that is the fastest time... uh, of the weekend so far, we're at 9.342. Quicker time this morning was 109.5. The uh, qualifying lap record, that's down in, down in the eight, so 108.4 for Dane Cameron. That uh, was in the in the uh, similar car, the Acura ARX05, a couple of years ago. Kyle Kirkwood down here at Lexus. We haven't spoken since Daytona. You had a good run there. Yeah, I mean, we, we did uh, quite a long run there on a, on a set of tires just to 
get a feeler for what our race car is going to be like. Uh, Jack's out there right now. Jack Oxford, that is. Um, doing a qualifying semi just actually just put in p1 overall and gtd and gtd pro um so we're having a pretty good weekend thus far i mean practice one i think we we led practice one and now really practice two so um hopefully it translates over to the race now in indycar it was a bit of a challenging season we have to say for you yeah it sure was um i mean to be expected being a rookie and and coming in with aj foyer racing as a rookie and kind of being the team leader there was definitely tough um, but overall, it was a fantastic learning experience for me. I mean, the amount that I learned just this year is far greater than what I've learned the past three years being in, in the lower category. So um, super grateful for what they did for me. And um, moving on with Andretti Autosport and the 27 car is going to be a ton of fun. But I also love doing this stuff here in IMSA with the, with the two teammates, Ben Barnico and Jack Oxford and the Lexus RCF GT3, because uh, it's just a fantastic car to drive, and it's just such a great series to drive in as well. You're saying to me you think the car's really competitive this weekend? It seems that way. Um, who knows? You, you never know until probably the last three hours of the race, especially endurance racing like this. So, um, But so far, we're, we've been pretty quick, and uh, like I said, I hope that translates into the race and we can continue to be quick all through uh, Saturday. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, and uh, of driving for Andretti next season, as he said. Taking uh, Alexander Rossi's seat as Alex moves on. Uh, Tom Blonkfist in the pit lane in the number 60. Apologies for the uh, crackliness there. Andrew's mic, shit. There's just a little bit of, um, well, as Calvin Fish would say, Archie Bargy out on the track mm. between uh, Kamoi Kobayashi, who was blocking... More Archie Bargy. Yes, yes. Uh, Kamoi was blocking Tristan Vautier quite badly when Tristan was completing a fast lap. And Tristan actually backed off to try and give himself a good gap as Kamoi put the right pedal down, coming down the final uh, turn, and now is on a good lap. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly good lap, I don't think, from Tristan, was it? Uh, it he was personal best in one. And he was just okay in sector two, yeah. but that's where he caught Kamoi. True, but uh, this next lap certainly looks better for uh, Vautier. Purple in the middle sector comes wow. across the line now. Uh, doesn't go quite as quick in the final sector as he did before, but it was an improvement in his time. Within a tenth of a second now in Tristan Vautier. 109.438 for car number five. This really bodes well, I think, for that team. Uh, and uh, yeah, we heard. Uh, Earlier on, Richard Westbrook saying they had some problems with the brakes this morning. It was the brakes, wasn't yeah. it? And uh, that certainly the car was off the road a couple of times at turn three at the top of the hill. But uh, they appear to have sorted that out now. We've got a whole bunch of improvements. Peter Durrani has just improved, although he remains in the uh, sixth position. Oh, wow. Uh, 109.8 also for Kamui Kobayashi in kind of a 48. That's a really good lap for the uh, Ally Cadillac up to fourth place. Not used to seeing the 31 uh, so far down in the class, especially mm. considering here, yeah. a race yeah. that they did super well in last year and won yeah. the championship. Yeah, from the pole position, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was Felipe Nasser who put the car on pole, but True. still, Pipo is no slouch around these uh, 2.54 miles. No, and as Carl Kirkwood said, uh, Jack Hawksworth uh, moved to the top in uh, GTD Pro yes. in car number 14, the Vassa Sullivan Lexus. 118.912, that's a full six-tenths clear Good grief. of, uh, of the, uh, the the second fastest car, which actually John Edwards is driving the car at the moment, the BMW, car number 25, but it was at that time set a long, long time ago by Jesse Krohn that remains second fastest in GTD Pro. Alex Riberas just improved in the heart of racing Aston Martin, that's car number 23, the pro car. 
up to third place in the class, but still behind the two non-pro GTD cars of Richard Highstand in the, the, second, the other Vassar Sullivan Lexus, not car number 12, and the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. That time was set by Eric Johansson quite a long time ago. Let's head down to Nick Damon to another one of the teams we Kobayashi haven't spoken to. Yeah. As Kobayashi goes to second position in this uh, free practice two, two minutes to go. And Nick Damon uh, is down with Jesse Krohn for BMW. Jesse, how's the uh, BMW going in comparison to all the other makes in GTD Pro? Uh, it seems to be all right. Uh, obviously, we, we didn't test here before the weekend, so uh, we have a, have a lot of work to do in, in uh the sessions up ahead, uh, but so far it's it's not too bad. Uh, we just saw Lexus post a really fast time. I don't know if we could have done that, but yeah, we just do our own thing and see where we end up in quality. It's the first full year of the the M4 GT3. How much has the car improved over the season? Well, every time we're out on track, the the car just gets better and better. Uh, we've done uh, massive steps over the over the year uh, in Europe, and uh, and we share a lot of the information with uh, amongst the teams. So. Yeah, it's, it's come a long way, and uh, yeah, it's, it's only getting better uh, every, every time we're on track. You're sitting there in very nice uh, BMW overalls. Of course, BMW have got a, a big new program, GTP. Is that something that Jesse Crom would like to get into? Yeah, I don't think there's a driver on this planet who wouldn't want to be in that car. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a dream seat, but yeah. I mean, is it a situation where they actually will let most of you, you, you pro drivers at least have a go, or is it just down to the chosen few to even get two laps in it? Uh, hard to say, to be honest. I think uh, the plan is more to, to have those guys, chosen few, who, who do the, the development because there's very limited time that you can spend on the car. So you just got to put the guys in who, who actually race the car. I mean, it's an interesting point because obviously, you know, BMW haven't run a, a prototype uh, program, what, for 25 years now? It's for 22 years. I mean, so are they assessing, you, know, you guys are all, you know, tin top drivers, probably better term GT3 drivers. So how do they assess which of you will graduate to prototypes better? What's their testing process? How do they decide who they want to put in the chosen places? Yeah, well, obviously, we've done a lot of sim work. Uh, I think most of the drivers, if not all the drivers, got a, had a go in the sim. So that's a good indication for BMW. And then I guess they go by previous experience, who has a lot of downforce experience, who's done, for example, DTM Class 1, who has late uh, downforce experience let's say from uh, Nicky Ellerly has Formula 1 uh, testing experience so yeah I guess they sort of try to put all these things together and see who would be the best suited for the car thanks Jesse hope you get a go thank you <laughs> he's keep pushing that great uh, line you fast yeah great line don't think it's another driver a, a driver on the Although, planet who wouldn't like to drive well, that car absolutely right yeah. uh, new fastest lap improvement for people to running at the end uh, in the 31 wheel and engineering car but it's a different Cadillac Jeremy Shaw that takes fastest lap at the death yeah Sebastian Bourdais uh, he's uh, he's uh, you know, moved himself up to third point third place in the championship in that number zero one car himself and Ringo van der Zander but Sebastian Bourdais really lays down a lap at the end Kamui Kobayashi by the way got within a tenth of a second of Tom Blomquist's best time but those have both been eclipsed by Sebastian Bourdais 109.040 so three tenths of a second Bourdais has in hand over Blomquist Uh, and then uh, behind Blomquist Kobayashi and Tristan Vautier both within a tenth of a second of him and then another uh, three tenths back to Pipo Durrani and then in the sixth position Philip Albuquerque and Earl Bamba the number zero two car of course had that contact 
before this final 15 minutes, so didn't get a chance to go out here right at the death to see what the 0-2 car could do. But certainly, uh, hats off there to Cadillac Racing, that Chip Ganassi-run car sets the fastest time right at the uh, closing moments of this hour-and-a-half session. Coming back to the pit lane now, Andrew Marriott's going to try and grab a chat with him. Fastest in LMP2 was Aero Motorsport in the blue number 18. LMP3, Riley Motorsport with the number 74, Ligier. A GTD Pro, that's super lap by Jack Hawks with, with uh, uh, the Vassa Sullivan number 14. And in GTD, it was Vassa Sullivan with the other car, the number 12. Uh, and Andrew Marriott has uh, managed to track down Sebastian Bourdais. That was some lap, Andrew, right at the end. Three tenths to the good. It certainly was. I uh, uh, can't use that, Andrew. Sorry, can you just move your position a second? You're very scratchy there. OK, I'll get Sebastian. He's up on the pit wall now. He's going to come down and talk to me, I think. That's perfect. Don't yeah, move. it's about it. It's here. Gonna have to wait. So, I'm just, uh, they're telling me you've got to have to wait, they're saying. So he's just having a discussion with Scott Dixon at the moment. He's... Uh, is Seb, but uh, you know he's a, he's an old pro, so he's going to be be down in just a second. And oh, lost you. Sorry, Andrew. Managed to lose you there, Jeremy. Yeah, just quickly in, in the GTD Pro, there was an improvement right at the end, also for Antonio Garcia. Up to made a couple of improvements the last couple of laps in the uh, in the Chevy Corvette, car number three, third position. Then in GTD yeah. Pro, behind Jack Hawkins. Andrew Hill. Can I dive in, Seb? That was a very good lap, wasn't it? Right at the end there. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of missed the peak of the tire, but it was uh, it was a solid lap. So the balance is really good and very consistent. So I think uh, the boys at uh, Cadillac Racing have done a really good job. And uh, yeah, obviously this race doesn't play out in the sun; it plays out at night. But uh, we'll keep rocking on it for uh, for tonight and see where we stand. Is the track getting a bit quicker? Uh, usually, when it gets hot, it slows down a bit. Uh, I'd say that generally this afternoon the track had to be a little bit slower than it was this morning. But, you know, at the end, when it's mostly DPIs going, it kind of rubbers in. So it kind of kneels the, the track temperature. It's always nice when you're one of the elder statesmen, elder statesmen, putting teeth back in, you know, they can still show you can really put that quick lap. Yeah, I mean, I've I kind of been assigned qualifying this year, and uh, it's been, that's been a fun experience, obviously. It's always a bit of a, a special exercise, uh, but... Uh, but I really enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can put uh, the Cadillac on the on pole for the last event of that DPI era and uh, go and win that race. That's never been won by Ganesi, so uh, hopefully we can correct that. No, I know that. Well, what about next season? You lined up? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it's been announced, so uh, we'll be, we're working with uh, Ranger again in that uh, new era of GTP cars with Cadillac, so uh, really excited about that. That'll be fantastic. Together we might see the car on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll... We'll be transitioning right away uh, on Monday with, with testing of the new car again. So uh, turn the page quickly. Terrific. Great man from Le Mans. Sebastian Bourdais ending our coverage of the second free practice session for WeatherTech uh, Sports Car uh, Championship. A uh, quick look at our VP racing in session. Uh, updates. So it was Cadillac at the top from Mershank Racing's Acura. 0-1 from 60. Kami Kobayashi with a quick time later on as well for Ally Cadillac in the 48. Then Tristan Fortier took the check and fly for JDC Miller Motorsports. Uh, they were in fifth. Sixth for Will in Engineering. People to Rani. Just improving at the end there. Uh, and in sixth position, Koenig and Minolta Acura ARX 0 
five with Earl Bamba. Pace set it early on. That car went behind the wall after a little side-by-side -side contact and they didn't get a chance to do the fast laps at the end that everyone else did. That's the VP Racing in uh, Racing Fuel in session update. Thanks to Nick and to Andrew down in the pit lane. Shea Adam was with Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hainoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Don't got too far away. Sound and Vision with Porsche. Race one of two coming up for the North American Carrera Cup presented by Visit Cayman Islands. That's all live on IMSA, uh, on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.